Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. listening to Satellite Sisters News Talk and Laughs. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at a time. I'm Leanne Dolan in Los Angeles with my sister Liz Dolan here at the Wendry Studios. Liz, full show today. Very full show today. We are cramming in news talk and laughs. All three categories. <laughs> and babies, babies, babies because <laughs> Urban Nana is back from Brooklyn just. She is in her Dallas closet. Julie Dolan is there. Hey, Jewel, I can't believe you're home. Yes, well, you know, Urban Nana, I just produce magic. I left Brooklyn very early this morning, flew to Dallas so that I could give you all a full report uh, on what's happening up in Brooklyn. Well, it's been a big week for babies in the news. Yes. And oh, yeah, we're going to talk about Kate, too. <laughs> okay. okay, good. We had no doubt. All right. Uh, we're also going to talk about a couple of news stories, the lettuce outbreak, the E. coli and the lettuce. What should, are we, are we so, should we just stop eating lettuce altogether? Uh, pretty much. When I read you some of the quotes from the guys at the CDC, Liz, you're just going to stop eating lettuce. Okay. You're certainly going to stop eating lettuce outside of your home. Let's just oh. put it that way. But I don't grow it in my home, so that doesn't (laughs) really make it any safer. There you go, Liz. I'm going to explain all that. Uh, We're going to announce our book club pick for next month. Very excited. Very excited. It's the last week of our contest, so we want to remind you of that. Uh, Liz, you you actually took some implicit bias tests. Yes, with all the Starbucks news, you might be interested to know how do they actually test for implicit bias? Well, you can do it because I did it. So I'm going to tell you what I learned about myself uh, by taking the online test. Oh, okay. Fantastic. I have uh, some exciting travel news I want to share and I want to get people's people's help on that. We have an Operation Sea Turtle. Uh, We have dog museums and we have... (laughs) A very L.A. day. I mean, this is, whew, this is a packed show. It is. But um, we're going to do it all. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go straight to Urban Nana. How okay. are you? What's happening, Urban Nana? Well, first of all, I feel like I have been in a different time space continuum. I was in New York for just a little over a week. Um, helping to take care of my new granddaughter. But when you, anybody that has worked or worked or, you know, or has a newborn, newborn knows that uh, when you're dealing with a newborn, day is night and night is day and minutes can seem like hours. <laughs> yes. And then you just can't believe where the whole day went, you know? So, uh, but I'm back and I'm happy to do it. And I have to, I guess my overall report is that it was a very smooth start for oh. my new granddaughter. Oh, good. Oh, excellent. That's good. Yes. And I suppose you want to know the name because <laughs> I know last well. week you, uh, you, you shared that news. And the way my son and daughter-in-law roll is they like to take some time. Uh, when they're considering the name uh, name of their children. Sure. They don't just, uh, even though they knew they were having a girl, they wanted to spend some time after she was born to just, consider all possible names to get comfortable with names. Uh, and I noticed that the royal couple did that as well, that they just didn't blurt out the name of the new royal baby, right? <laughs> right, right. And last so, week we were just calling your new granddaughter baby girl TBD. So TBD. I feel I, I feel like well, if we, we had a drum roll, that. if we had a drum she roll. A, she has a lovely name. Her name is Evelyn Louise Smith. That and is nice. they wanted they Evelyn. They wanted to give her a very strong female name, and Lauren uh, and Will felt that this year in particular, they felt like baby girls needed a fundamentally strong name. Uh huh. And so yes, so they love they love the Eve connection of the name. Mm-hmm. They oh. loved it that um, that it's a, has a, you know Evelyn has a very nice ring to it, and when you have a plain last name like Smith, it's good to go multisyllabic in yeah. some cases. Yeah. Um, they love it that it has a good nicknames, you know, whether she's going to be an Evie or an Eve, um, but she has a good start. The Louise is for Lauren's mom. That's her oh, middle name. Nice. And so that's a very nice tribute to her. And I think it just flows really well. Evelyn Louise Smith. 
right? Lovely. It's a lovely it's, name. It's a beautiful name. I think, yeah. it's a, I think it's a good name. It's so all the way around. And I have to say, because this is their second child, and as uh, people who have had more than one ch- ch- child know, that it's the second time you're a lot more relaxed because you're just, uh, you know, it's you've been down this road before. You know what a newborn is. They did an excellent job preparing. You know, the house was ready. They had all, everything was in place. And they did an excellent job preparing big sister Josephine, who is three and a half and was very excited to meet her sister and has been a very good helper all week. Um, so that went well. Although as I was, I was saying goodbye to Josephine last night, she did ask me if I was going to be taking my baby back to Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) Because I arrived when the baby arrived. So, uh, so I mean, um, there there you go. You never know what's going on mm, in their little heads. (laughs) I mean, she's only three and a half. So, uh, so, but I, so, but I'm sure she's going to work it out. They, they, you know, they've spent a lot of time talking about a new sister coming into their family. Yes. So all in all, it's a pretty, pretty smooth start. And because they're relaxed, I think Evelyn is relaxed. Uh, we, you know, we had a very good week, uh, in terms of just babiness, you know, that in terms of eating and feeding and all the things that she net needed to get going. And, you know, newborns are just it's they're overwhelming they are just in their innocence in their strength in their vulnerability in their complexity i mean they are just it, it, you just don't even have words to describe what it's like to hold a newborn baby yeah. and to see them try out all the things their legs their hands their arms all their facial expressions their eyebrows getting those going and things like that and i i listen i don't care what anyone says evelyn smiles a lot now i know babies <laughs> don't smile at a at a week at a week uh Leanne, you can back me up on that that's a, a scientific fact but I'm telling you, this child was was using her smile muscles a lot this week. She is just very pleasant. And and Lauren is a very experienced nurser, you know, and so that makes it easy. You know, I, she was talking about using a dangling technique for nursing Evelyn. Leanne, did you ever do a dangling technique when you were nursing your children? No, I just remember crying and wincing. That was the technique <laughs> I used, the cry and wince the first week. So, I mean, you were there. You You were there for me. It's it's so nice now that, you know, Liz, they have apps. They have podcasts for nursing. So nursing moms can can listen to advice and, you know, and figure out different ways to, you know, to get things working between the newborn and the mom. They have lactation experts. And it just is so different that when... You know, when my sons were young, I mean, I had a pamphlet from La Leche. <laughs> right. That's all I had. That was had. it. And I had, I had some, you know, hot face cloths. That's all I remember, <laughs> Leah. So. And you were there the week I, Brooks was born. You came. And remember, I had to go to that, like, back room of that bra supply store for yes. like a secret undercover nursing pep talk because again crying and wincing it was it's it is quote the most natural thing in the world that is a hundred percent unnatural like for the first couple of weeks yeah well so, now Leon, you'd be happy to know they have all kinds of ice packs that are designed for your breasts and stuff like that but lauren was even saying one of the new trends in nursing for those first couple of weeks when you're trying to regulate all your milk is good old-fashioned cabbage leaves are come back that you're just supposed to what, apply, apply, apply to your nipples to your breasts wow that's cute. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Just stay away from the romaine, but yeah. cabbage leaves. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so that is, um, so that's the first. So I would say, you know, that's good. And, you know, my role as Urban Nana was to just keep my arms and legs moving and keep my mouth shut, you know, and yeah. just don't ask for permission just to start that load of laundry, pick up those groceries, make some hot meals, you know, just have my arms out to take the baby when she wanted me to take the baby, to give the baby back or do whatever you, I needed to do. But our other, my other big assignment was obviously to entertain Josephine and to entertain Josephine 
away from the house. Uh, that, yes. you know, so mom and dad and Evelyn could have a little time bonding time together. And so, um, so now when I say that Josephine is an active three and a half year old, I am not kidding because over the weekend, my, uh, my husband came up and he was up there and we took Josephine out on Saturday and Trem wears a Fitbit and by three o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. And we had gone to the you know, uh, Brooklyn Botanic Gardens and out to lunch and a few things. Trem had got, walked 18,000 steps. <laughs> Holy <already>. cow. <laughs> I can believe that. That's a lot. That's like eight, and, and, nine and miles. Josephine, which means Josephine had walked many more than that because <laughs> she was running around us and back and forth. So uh, she doesn't really need a babysitter. I think she just needs a trainer, a personal <laughs> trainer. I think that's what she's ready for. But I felt very good about leaving this morning. I felt like I, they were in, you know, in a good spot. Lauren's mom is coming to town, so they'll have a little exercise. They're going to have some more help. So um, that was that was a it was a very good you know assignment that way. But as part of a part of going uh, pre- my preparation for um, for um, Evelyn Louise was you know I was thinking very closely. I was looking over my, the past baby pictures, newborn pictures, where I've had my picture taken with uh, my other grandchildren. And I realized that I didn't give much thought to what I was wearing. Generally, when I go on assignment, I try to wear soft cotton clothes that I wash with, um, you know, uh, scent-free detergent. So nothing to irritate the baby's, um, baby's skin or face or anything like that. But that, you know, but I look at my, the pictures that I have with like Josephine and I was wearing this gap t-shirt and I just think I could do better, you know, for my official picture. (laughs) So I, I have decided now to create a thing, uh, which is, you know, I mean, they now have reveal parties where you, you know, beyond a baby shower, you reveal the sex of the child. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing, you know, or they, you take a baby moon, a thing, Mm -hmm. uh, you have push presents. Well, I now think that grandmothers and grandfathers need to have a meetup outfit. So something (laughs) like when you're having your picture taken with a new baby, you have something like nice on, right? It just has to be a top because, you know, they're not going to see what you're wearing below. But you need that. This is my thing. I think we need like a meetup outfit. Uh, Okay. I I like like it. it. I like it. So okay. I, I spent some time. I you know myself. what, because Julie, remember mom always used to say when she was picking out family photos that she picked the best one of herself because the kids were all going to change what they looked like. So it didn't really matter. They were all going to grow up. But she just wanted to make sure that she looked good because it was her choice. So I think grandparents might want to take that same approach. Right. So this is a new thing, a meet up top. So you whatever it is. And if you're both going to be in the picture, you want them to be in coordinating but not matching outfits, okay? I, I don't go for the, you know, uh, we don't, not too strong of a match, but that you look, you and gra- grandpop look good together, or if you're going to do a solo shot, that you have a nice top on. And what I decided to do is I had a nice cream-colored top on, a scarf to hide my wrinkles, and then I wore a pair of pe- pearl earrings that I am going to give to Evelyn Louise at some point for some birthday. So she will have that picture and I'm in my meetup top with my pearl earrings and uh, that's a thing. So if you're going to be a grandmother soon or a grandfather, you need to start working on your meetup outfits. Julie, that's a fantastic idea. I okay. like the pearl earrings too. Nice touch. Nice touch. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was good. Just a little thoughtful. Yeah. And now I know you all want to see this picture. Well, this is the other thing about being Urban Nana is, you know, keep your mouth quiet. I didn't ask to put post pictures online, so we have to wait on that. So we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll see. But, okay. But, yeah. But be, be assured that it was a, a very flattering meetup top that I put on. That's, that's, what, you, that's what you're aiming for. So, okay, uh, well, to so, jump to the news, though, there have been some other good baby photos in the news in the last 24 hours. Oh, my gosh. Kate. All right. I was taught Lauren, Lauren and I were, were examining Kate's outfit 
that she's, when she came out of the Linda wing of that hospital yesterday at 6 p.m. in the evening in that beautiful red Jenny Pacman dress with the lace collar, and she had that beautiful giant baby in her arms. I know, giant. We, we were doing the work back schedule on it, Liz and Leanne. Okay, so she gave birth to that child at 11 a.m., and by 6 p.m., she's out there all dub, do, dolled up. She had her hair done. She had her makeup done. She was wearing heels. Heels. <laughs> and as most people would attest, Leanne, that, you know, you go through childbirth. That's not really possible to get up <laughs> and get all dressed you know, within seven hours of, um, of having a baby, right? I was just trying to figure out, you take in so many liquids via IV, your feet are pretty swollen. Like how did she jam those feet in her heels? Forget everything else. Just, I mean, most people, Ugg boots, fine. Get some Ugg boots on, Kate. It seems kind of unfair that she has to do that, doesn't it? I'm sure she, I hope she gets to go home and like no one sees her for six weeks, eight weeks, but yeah. But I mean, she must not have, I mean, Lauren, having just gone through the experience, she was like, well, where are the IV marks on her arms? How come, <laughs> how come we can't see those? I know. Because that's very common once, you know, Lauren had a natural birth, but there's still, once you've had the baby, in some cases, they are providing you with fluids, in some cases, Pitocin to get everything sort of shrunk, you know, uh, going, you know, going in the opposite direction. Uh, so there she was. And yeah. But, and you know, hair and makeup, that's at least an hour and a half. Yeah. And then uh, she must not have had any drugs whatsoever, because if you do have an epidural, they don't want you to sit up or stand up right after you've had a baby, right? So, I, I never had one. I don't know. But <laughs> no, um, that's the, those. Yeah, that's the way that rolls. So uh, so was she like lying down in bed and they were doing her hair and <laughs> putting on the makeup and putting the dress on and then just... My God, she really took one for the team. I mean, she's a stud. (laughs) I mean, because that was a big old baby. She's had those horrible pregnancies. A big old baby. I mean, take take a. You're done, Kate. I mean, (laughs) how big was that baby? Eight seven. Oh, I mean, that's a big baby. Eight and a a half pound baby. That that is that is big. Yeah, that's. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) Yeah, that was astonishing. I hope she gets a nice rest, you know, before the wedding. She's got to rest up for the wedding. Oh, my God. She's got a month. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, speaking of the wedding, are are you done, Urban Nana? Is that your complete report? That was very helpful. It's I like the fact that you're on the front lines of babyhood as we have, like, new babies being born in the news and in the family. But I have, I think, nailed down uh, my plans for the royal wedding. And, you know, we talked about this on last week's show. We had Kristen Meinzer from uh, When Meghan Met Harry on the show last week, and we talked about various plans. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I knew I would get up early in the morning to watch, but I thought it would just be like me and, you know, Hooper and whatever. Because um, it's early. It's going to be it's so early. early. It's going to be 4 a.m. On, yeah. on, in the Pacific time zone. But this week, I got the best ever invitation. For Princess Diana's wedding, which, of course, you will all remember, was Wednesday, July 29th, 1981. (laughs) Okay, for Princess Diana's wedding, I was newly living in New York City, just out of college. So I had a crappy job and a crappy apartment in Brooklyn. Uh, My friend Judy was also, you know, had a crappy job and a crappy apartment on uh, the Upper West Side. But our friend Lauren was in New York. She was in law school at the time. And she was in New York just as a summer associate at like some fancy firm. So she had like a super decent sublet. She had an apartment (laughs) that was way better than the place either Judy or I were living. Uh, She called it the Pink Palace. And it was on Horatio Street in the West Village. And uh, if you've ever walked around Greenwich Village, you know how scenic it is. It wasn't that scenic in 1981. Right. Things, things were a little shakier in New York in 1981. Anyway, Lauren lived in the Pink Palace, and we all had a giant slumber party in the Pink Palace for Diana's wedding. Because of the three of us, Lauren was the only one with air conditioning, which is the key <laughs> when the date is July 29th. Right. So we just had the super fun night. We spent the night together, the three of us and Lauren's air conditioned bedroom. There was like some netting over her bed. It was all just very bizarre, but super fun for a uh, for a slumber party. So this week, Lauren 
who now lives in Berkeley and has lived in Berkeley for many years, she invited Judy and I to come to Berkeley oh, for a recreation of the royal wedding <laughs> slumber party and to have like a big slumber party in the big bedroom in Berkeley, California, and spend this wedding together as we did uh, Prince Harry's mom's wedding. So I am super psyched about oh, that. Oh, that's a great idea, yeah. Liz. So, you know, we've all changed a little bit. We might not be quite, you know, dishing on the... We had a lot of pastries last time, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're going to try to pull off some kind of low carb high tea. We're not that goes to show how much you can change in the years. But anyway, uh, royal wedding slumber party with the same friends, the same satellite sisters. I spent uh, Diana's wedding with. I am pretty psyched. About oh, that's, that. that's a very inspired plan, Liz. Yeah, I like it. yeah. Satellite sister, he and you're going to have a great time. And it seems like it's a wedding we shouldn't watch alone. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. Especially because at 4 a.m. you're just going to doze off. But with friends, you won't. So there you have it. Royal wedding plans all the way around. All right. Uh, we're going to be back in a little bit. Okay. Now, speaking of care, <laughs> <laughs> we were making the transition right to the E. coli outbreak, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's Lee, a little, what's the latest on this? It's a little tricky. I, I think the latest is like don't eat lettuce for a while. But according <laughs> to the New York Times, you know, some e coli, there was an E. coli outbreak last week. At first it started with the bagged lettuce from yeah. this just romaine though, right? Just romaine from Yuma, Arizona. Yeah. And they said, don't eat the bag stuff from Yuma. Okay. Because everyone knows where their lettuce is from, right? <laughs> and then they said, okay, never mind. Don't eat any lettuce, any romaine lettuce bagged. You know, heads of lettuce, no matter if you can't verify that it's not from Yuma, don't eat it. So, uh, but here's what you need to know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about washing your own lettuce, Liz? No. <laughs> okay. You well, don't? If it comes out of a you bag? Don't wa- you don't wash the bag lettuce? It says no. triple washed right on the bag, Julie. Yeah. Why would I quadruple wash it? Okay. No. So I went to, you know, the expert <laughs> Tara Parker Pope. Yeah. And you know what, Liz? You're right. You're not actually supposed to wash bag lettuce. Once again, laziness rewarded. I know. <laughs> I figure I would only be adding germs that's by washing ex- it. That's exactly right. Is that right? That's exactly okay, right. Enough. More more chance of you contaminating the bag lettuce than the bag lettuce actually being contaminated. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, so, but if you're going to wash a head of lettuce at home, do you use any of those fancy products, Julie? Do you any vegetable no, or fruit I didn't. washes? When I lived overseas, I use I used to wash my fruits and vegetables in some some product. Uh, oh, right. Uh, your fruits not, and vegetables. Your fruits and vegetables used to come from Chernobyl. Right? <laughs> I remember you pointing that out when we were in the market in Moscow. How to avoid the vegetables yeah. so I, from I Chernobyl? I washed them. I tried to wash them, but I, I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, the so CD- are we supposed to use other products to wash? our uh, lettuce and fruits and vegetables? No. According to the CDC and food experts, there's no there's no evidence that that's going to lower the risk if you use a commercial product or some people use white vinegar. I've even seen some people suggest a light bleach solution, which of course... Yeah, the ex- on your food? Yeah. The yeah, ex- yeah, that's what like in Asia they suggest that, a light bleach solution. But that doesn't sound very tasty to me, huh? Yeah, well, according to the CDC, it's generally a bad idea to use bleach in home food preparation. (laughs) But Dr. Leon of the CDC says, please use some common sense when preparing your lettuce. For instance, don't hold a baby while preparing food, which I'm sure I did for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like That's babies. Baby in one arm, salad spinner in the other. Very germy. Very germy babies. Don't don't get them near the food prep area. You want to wash your hands before handling produce and don't handle meat. And babies. You want to wash your hands well, before yes. okay. handling babies too. Yes. <laughs> and don't handle meat and produce in the same spot. And then you don't want to you don't want to cut produce on anything with a rough surface. Okay, you want a nice, smooth, like bamboo cutting board, or if your cutting board gets all chopped up, toss it and get another one because rough surfaces like to capture pathogens. Pathogens. Those don't sound tasty. Okay, go for it. Use a produce brush to scrub fruits and vegetables and then clean that brush in the dishwasher. All right? Okay. Certain foods are more at risk of harboring E. coli than you think. Your sprouts, 
your herbs like parsley and cilantro, raspberries, and melons. Oh. Hey, and kale, too, no doubt, right? <laughs> Julie's just Julie, trying to make sure we don't have to eat kale anymore. I just, you know what, Jill? Just let it be. Kale is not on the official list, okay? <laughs> we know you don't like kale, but for some of us do. Uh, this guy always scrubs the outside of his cantaloupe before cutting it with a knife. So, because you don't want to carry the germs from the rind inside. Okay, there's no chance I'm ever doing that. Really? You don't do that? Washing the outside of a melon? Yes, I wash oh, yeah, the outside of bananas. Really you gotta yeah. do that, Liz. Okay, I no. don't know how you can even be standing. I know. Uh, I always feel like is. a little bit of germs all the time in my system is what keeps me healthy. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I've built up antibodies to everything. Maybe not E. coli, but most things. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's what you need to know. To keep healthy, just it's, but it's, it's, it's kind of a big deal. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you for that. Uh, All right. I have a little news here, some information on something else in the news. We've all heard about the incident at the Starbucks in Philadelphia where the store manager called the police on two African-American visitors in the store. And so now as a result, uh, Starbucks has said they are going to be closing down their stores on May 29th for some uh, implicit bias training or unconscious bias training. And I've heard people talking about that and skeptical, like, what is that and how does that work? So, you know, last year I actually took the testing for this Mm -hmm. as part of my other workplace advice show. We did, and you can do this online, and I'm just mentioning it because if you're skeptical that you have biases, and I think most people are like, me? No. No, I'm, you know, I get it. I'm cool with everyone. When you take these actual tests and you see how they work and what they're testing for, they're really looking for what the scientists call implicit social cognition, but it's really the thoughts and feelings you have that are outside of your conscious awareness or control. So, um, and this is called Project Implicit. I will put the link in the show notes, but you can literally just Google that and go to Project Implicit and you can try taking some of these tests. And they have all different kinds of tests that, so you can know how do you feel about, you know, old versus young, about skin color, about gay versus straight, about uh, the associations between women and career or men and science. Or There are lots of different things that you can check and you can try. And I just encourage you to like, if you're curious about this topic and, and you have the attitude like, oh no, I have no implicit biases, try three or four of these tests and you'll see how they work, first of all. And you'll see that a lot of what they're testing is just the sort of automatic assumptions you're making about things. And because it's a test where they're also timing you, a lot of what they're trying to do is get you to just respond quickly without thinking to these things. And when you respond quickly without thinking, you would be surprised what comes up. Um, Or maybe not. But in my case, my test revealed that I had an implicit bias towards Old people over young people. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. And I, I, think, I think it's because most of our biases are really towards people that are like us and against people that are less like us. And now that I've sort of accepted the fact that I am in the, say, the older, popu- older half of the population, you know, a boomer versus a millennial... I, you know, I, I have nothing against millennials. I mean, apparently you, know, you do. I love, <laughs> I love the That's millennials. That's exactly but not true. But is your bias against other boomers, Liz? Is that no, what you're saying? No, no, I'm biased in favor of other boomers, Julie. Oh, She's pro-boomer. Okay. I'm pro-boomer. But, um, but I love the millennials. I, that you're doing many things that we need you to do yeah. for our future millennials. We're going to need the self-driving cars. We're going to need the food delivery services. All the stuff you guys are working on, knock yourselves out. Because the, the older you are, the more we need that. Anyway, it did, it did reveal that. Um, overall, nationally, and you'll see when you take the test, they tell you how, how you rate compared to um, the people across the country that have taken it. They said, for instance... Only 17% of all people come out as neutral on light skin versus dark skin. It's just mm-hmm. something mm. that consistently comes up that you don't realize that you have this natural bias. Anyway, I'm just putting it out there because it's been in the news so much. Right. And I think what's interesting is that they can test for it, and you will see how that works. But they really don't know, and the scientists are the first to admit, they don't know how to overcome it. 
Like, it's very hard to train people not to have these completely unconscious reactions. One of the things... I mean, Liz, is it good to share the results with other people, or is this something that that you do more self-reflection? I think it... Well, for me, it was a moment of self-reflection. I mean, we talked about it on an episode um, of I Hate My Boss, but it really just made me think about how automatic some of these things are. And it also made me think a lot about the, say, the the hiring process at work. One of the things they do recommend that they know really does work to overcome implicit bias is blind hiring. They know, and you can read all kinds of research about this. If you take people's names off their resumes Mm -hmm. so that they don't have, you know, an obviously male or female name and obviously... Take uh, pictures uh, off resumes Take your pictures off. I mean, yeah, because we did this for when we were reviewing applications. It's very, Oh, you, you know, did. Yeah. In business hard. schools. Yeah. yeah. So, so that kind of blind hiring really does work. I've heard stories about uh, the blind auditions they do now at a lot of symphony orchestras where they have, you know, whoever the musician is behind a curtain so that the people that are judging cannot tell male, female, race, whatever. Anyway, it's, it's there are some late night shows that do blind hiring now. I've read about they that. Just, right. They just take all the names off the packages that you have to send in, your joke packages, and that's how they've gotten more women yeah. into writing staffs yeah. with the blind hiring. Anyway, it's a fascinating subject. It's super complicated. Obviously, Starbucks is not going to be able to solve this problem for us people. Uh, but it, I do appreciate seeing how various companies, they're just one of them, are trying to address this. So I thought I would pass that along. What's it called again? Project it's called Project Implicit, okay. and it's out of Harvard. And you can just Google Project Implicit, or I'll have the link in the show notes. You can give it a go. See what you learn about yourself. All right. Uh, we are proud to announce the next book club pick for the Satellite Sisters book club is Where the Peacocks Sing, A Palace, A Prince, and the Search for Home by Allison Singh G. Now, I'm going to come clean. Allison and I have appeared at a couple of writers' conferences together, and that's how I got to know her. Well, that's good. And that's how I know that the Satellite Sisterhood will really enjoy this delightful uh, memoir. She, Allison was a People magazine writer in Hong Kong. She lived a very fast-paced, Jimmy Choo kind of lifestyle there. <laughs> and uh, she had a British boyfriend and a huge apartment. And then she fell in love with a journalist who was from India. And so as she got to know him better, she traveled to India with him and she discovered that he was sort of a pr- he was a prince, frankly. He was a prince, but a pauper. A, and prince, a prince of a guy? He prince was a, a guy. prince. He was a prince of a guy and a pauperish prince. But he had a hundred room palace there in India that was falling down on their heads. And so in their um in their journey to rehabilitate the palace, they fell in love and she learned a lot about herself. So this is like... Oh, that sounds wonderful, It's man. it's. I think it's our royal wedding, frankly. This is what we got. <laughs> this is as close as we're going to get. I don't want to give away the ending, but I can tell you that it's a happily ever after situation. So, uh, but it's really fun to read about. It's, it's like a travel memoir. So if you want to go to India or want to go to Hong Kong, this is it. So the name of the book is Where the Peacocks Sing, and it's by Alice. Allison Singh G. And we're going to be talking to Allison at the end of May. So you have plenty of time to read the book before our book club discussion. And it's in paperback. Yes, which is it's good. in paperback. A or beautiful on paperback book. Yep. So you can you can find that. Take at, it to the beach. That yeah. would be good. Ta- it, wherever books are. Mainly, I would go to Amazon, but you could try. You can order it through your local bookstore, too. So all the information will be up at SatelliteSisters.com. Okay, no. Oh, one other reminder uh, before we take a little break is, you know, the entire month of April, we have been having our You're the Best photo contest. And this is just making me so happy. Isn't it making you happy, I you know. guys? I mean, you're the best. I, I just <laughs> love every day to see the pictures that are up there. People are having so much fun. You know, so it's so it's just inspiring and it makes you feel good every single day to look at those pictures. Yeah, so the rules were super simple. You just either in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group um, or on Instagram, post a picture of you and your Satellite Sisters and Misters, just you out there having fun in the world. Uh, we want to see all the people you hang out with. Use the hashtag, you're the best, uh, either when you post it in the Facebook group or on Instagram. On Instagram, also please tag at Sat Sisters. And uh, at the end of the month, we're going to have a drawing. We have prizes, you know, so there's one set of prizes for you Facebook group people, another set for the Instagram people. At our sponsors, Salsa Basket, 
Nectar and Cool Jams have all uh, donated prizes for this, and you can see what the prizes are at SatelliteSisters.com. It's some fun stuff. Plus, we'll be giving out two copies of our book, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship. I just feel like our secret strategy here was to fill the Facebook feed with like pictures of people really having fun and enjoying each other because let's admit it, you know, sometimes Facebook is not that. (laughs) It's it's full of other things. Yeah. So we just love seeing you and your friends. So thank you so much. You're the best. The last day of the contest is the last day of April. So uh, we are really enjoying this. Okay, Leon, I know that you have been secretly planning for months now a trip you are going to be taking this spring, and this is the big announcement, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, I have been secretly knowing it's there. The planning only recently started. Kicked so in. Okay. I am going to Rome and to Paris in the middle of May. That is so exciting. Here's what a, co- a perfect time, Leon. Well, here's a couple of things that are exciting about it. First of all, I'm meeting my son, Colin, there. Yes. He is on a semester abroad. He's spending time in Greece, having a fantastic time. Then he's going to be in Florence for a couple of weeks. And then we're going to meet up in Rome. And we're going to have five days in Rome. And then we're going to go to fly to Paris, where I have to do the last tiny bit of research for my new book. So that's mm. the plan. Mom and son trip, and you're wondering, Leon, why why aren't you going with your husband? I don't know. Ask him, because <laughs> apparently he's never going. So I haven't. Been. He just enjoys California he so does. much. I mean, we've been we've done some adventure traveling, yeah. but I guess his idea of going to an ancient city and seeing, you know museums and things like that. That's just not his thing. No. So after 25 years of marriage, she said, Merry Christmas, go to Europe. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm taking it. I, I'm taking it. I haven't been to these cities in 30 years. Yeah. I mean, that'll last, be great. The last time I and was, with your son, it will be awesome. Yeah. And the I last, mean, that's very memorable. Leanne. It and is, you know, it's a little different than when you're backpacking through, uh, you know, when you were in college, uh, you have a few more pennies put together, so you'll have a wonderful trip. <laughs> That's it, Julie. I said to the travel agent, cat, travel cat, I said, I'm not staying near any train stations. All right? <laughs> That's it. It's just no train stations. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, the last time I was in Paris, I was there with Monica. Monica and I took a trip together. I had been working over in Germany. She flew from Portland, and we stayed in Paris. At Remember, you used to have to go to, like, two a that place on the Champs-Élysées and get your hotel room. Like there was no internet. You couldn't call or look ahead. There used to not be an internet and travel was hard. It was very hard. You used to show up at the booking place and like go to wherever the hotel was the cheapest that you could afford. And Monica and I ended up in this super cheap hotel on a market street. It was a beautiful little street uh, near the Eiffel Tower. Uh, But the hotel was a nightmare. So we had to get out of the hotel. And we (laughs) used to spend every night down the street just having a glass of wine. And we discovered that this little cafe was right across from a dry cleaner. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was scenic in what way? And that all these attractive Frenchmen would come to pick up their dry cleaning <laughs> at night. <laughs> so if we just got a glass of wine around 6 o'clock, we just sat there every night and watched men pick up their dry cleaner. That's a <laughs> well, good time. That, wow. That's that a good time. That is quite the Parisian experience, Liam. But this time I'm going with Colin. So I was, I have to say, I was super duper busy, you know, for the first quarter of the year. So it really was only like last week where I was like, I have to start planning this trip. Like, actually, what are we going to do? And I, I unfold, uh, uncovered a couple of unlikely sources of great travel tips. Oh, okay. So for Rome, I follow Cardinal Dolan on Twitter. <laughs> you do? He, yeah. Uh, you know, the Archbishop his, of New York. The Archbishop yeah. of okay. New York. Not a relative, okay. but if our dad were alive, he would totally say he was a cousin. So <laughs> that's how I feel about Cardinal Dolan. He was doing a fantastic travel log of Rome. He was there for Easter week. And every day on Twitter, he was posting like, here I am at Santa Maria Maggiore. And like, he's like the Rick Steves of Cardinals. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He, I wrote down every single place he went. Really? I mean, they were all churches. That should be no surprise. I was like, when are you going to go get some pasta, Cardinal? Because we know you're doing that. But he, fantastic travel tips from him. So check. So my mother-in-law the other day just dropped a she little. She had good travel tips? She said, oh, when we were in Rome one day, you know, it was raining. So we went to Pompeii. And I was like, wait, what? I didn't even know you could get to Pompeii from Rome. Like I hadn't. <laughs> 
I have. You really haven't done a little digging. I have not. You have a map of Italy. I know. It just has been a while, and I was just focused on like, okay, I know we want to go to the Vatican. I booked that tour. Like, I booked a few things, but that hadn't even entered into my mind. I just was thinking Pompeii was for the. And as a classics scholar, Pompeii is really kind of. Ground zero. Yeah, I know. You and, you and your son. Liz, you know, when I was younger, when Monica and I were sitting there at the dry cleaner, my my <laughs> travel <laughs> my travel ethos was, oh, I, I, I'll get back here someday. You know, so we don't have to run and see everything, yeah. all the greatest hits, because I'll come back. And now I know that's a lie. <laughs> 30 years later, TikTok. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to use the words bucket list, but mm-hmm. who knows? Mm-hmm. It's taken me a long time to get back. So I'm like... We're going to Pompeii. Like, I looked it up. I, we're all set. We're going to take the train. I texted Colin. I was like, I haven't been texting him. I said, we're going to Pompeii. Get ready. Like, we're doing it. It's going to be a long day, but we're going there. And then yesterday, I ran into my friend Mona, who's a travel um, journalist and, and another long-form journalist, but she writes a lot of travel pieces. She was actually training because she's going to Jordan next week to hike the Jordanian Trail for oh. a piece for Ooh. Vogue magazine. But she's like, oh, I wrote a piece for Vogue last year on like six great neighborhoods in Rome. I was like, okay, Mona, check, <laughs> send it to me. So I got Cardinal Dolan, I got my mother-in-law, and I got Mona. So That's an unlikely combination of travel experts. It is, but I'm now I'm turning to the Satellite Sisterhood, so I will post on our Facebook group, but if you have any specifics about Rome or yeah, Paris. restaurants, cafes, yeah. yes. best place to get ice cream. You got to get some of that gelato. Ooh, gelato. Yes, yeah, and we're set. We have places to stay in both places, and parts of our itinerary are set. Because as I said, the Paris piece is really kind of book uh, related for me. So your next novel is part of it is set in Paris. Most that, of it is most set of in it Paris. Is set. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, see, oh, Julie and I don't know this because we don't know anything. And now that you're visiting Paris, is there going to be a dry cleaners uh, scene <laughs> I, you know in what? the book? I had totally forgotten about that. So I could I could put that in the next edition. Okay. I had totally forgotten about it until I started thinking about this, like that wacky trip to Paris Monica and I took, <laughs> and like we went to one real French restaurant that's all we could afford like we had that patricia wells book and we went to one that she recommended we were the only americans in there it was truly french everyone was smoking their heads off and they put the menu (laughs) down in front of us and you know you think you know french until you get a menu because you know like poulet is chicken but then when you see the word poulet and then like 10 other words (laughs) behind it you're like was that chicken livers is that chicken chicken guts what Uh is it chicken brains (laughs) could be anything (laughs) could mm-hmm. be anything pool. I know. You've got your rognon. You've got your volaille. you got all kinds of things. It's all kinds of things. So I remember that meal. We just looked at the guy like, help us. <laughs> and he did. He was very nice, uh, despite what people say. So I'm very excited. That will be mid-May. I won't be on the show. I won't be doing anything but enjoying my travel. Mm-hmm. But I'm really. We will be announcing some special plans for uh, the shows right. when you're Liz gone. Liz and I are going to be carrying on in Leon's absence, mm-hmm. and we we have some surprises, don't mm-hmm. we, Liz? There might even be some surprise satellite sisters joining mm-hmm. in your stead. Okay, mm-hmm. good, excellent, fantastic. And then today, I just I have this very LA day. Kind of makes me laugh. So right because it's not your real life. It's not my real life <laughs> at all. I mean. <laughs> None of this is my real life. Um, so after the show, I have to go to the Four Seasons in Los Angeles oh, for research, which you don't, which you don't do on a regular basis. That's I'll admit it. I had to Google it. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> I knew it was somewhere near this studio. It's seven minutes away. Yeah, but. Uh, I, I am doing that story for Palestinian Magazine on women in business. So what are the women I'm profiling is the CEO of Lather, which is a beauty company. And they've paired with the Four Seasons to develop wellness rooms at oh. the Beverly Hills uh, Four Seasons and where you can go. And all the rooms are uh, – they have circadian lighting in the rooms. Mm. They have Deepak Chopra meditation tapes. They have special sheets and aromatherapy and all the beautiful – beauty products there are lather. So they're going to go and let me just lie down in the room for a few minutes <laughs> to experience <laughs> nice. that. Yeah. Okay. So that's research. So I'm looking forward to that. And then tonight I'm going to a place called the Magic Castle. Oh, now that's the magic place. It is. It is the magic place, I think, in the United States. Like truly, it's very famous, world famous. It's literally looks like a castle. It's in Hollywood. It's a private magic club. 
Okay. And so, and I've lived I'm surprised you weren't already a member. No. Well, (laughs) here's the thing. So the reason we're going is this. My husband did work for the Magic Castle. He's in real estate and he worked on a project for like three years with the Magic Castle, a very complicated real estate deal. Now the Magic Castle, um, it's run by magicians. Uh, (laughs) That's who's on the board. As you might suspect. And let me guess, magicians are not the best managers of their real estate assets? (laughs) So again, the real estate there is complicated, so I won't get into it. The magicians, they don't own the real estate. Oh, okay. They just conjure it up. (laughs) It's just an illusion, right? Yeah. So here's the deal. When my husband worked on it, what he, the head of the board of the Magic Castle was famous musician and Broadway actor Neil Patrick Harris. Magician, not yes. musician. Right. Uh, I'm yes. sorry, magician. Uh-huh. Yes. Who'd, I did not know that he was a magician. Mag- magic is his first love. I did not know so that either. So he is a performing magician. And uh, so my husband had so many meetings with Neil Patrick Harris about this that he actually started to referring to MPH's kids by their first names, Gideon and Harper. And my husband doesn't even know the names of his best friend's children. So I was like, you're spending too much time with MPH if you're referring to Gideon and Harper. I like it. Uh, But this is our celebratory dinner. It's taken Mm -hmm. years to close the deal. It's closed. It's the celebratory dinner. And there's a special magic convention in town, Liz. So we're seeing the world's best magicians from Japan. That would be awesome. And so it's going to be a wacky LA night. But here's the thing. I don't like magic. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really trust it. What's happening? You don't trust it. I don't trust it, Liz. What don't you trust? It's all fake, Liz. It's magic. (laughs) It's an illusion. It just bothers me. It just makes you nervous or something to be around magicians? It's a little bit. They're going to trick you or you're going to end up in half or what? I'm on edge. I'm on edge all the time around (laughs) magicians, Julie. So... This is tonight we're going. You have to, it's the only place in LA, probably the only place where you have to wear a shirt and tie. So yeah. like if you're a man, you have to get all dressed up and there we're going to be. So it's, it's magic. That's I've what I'm doing. I've heard tonight. crazy things about what goes on there. Too, yeah. That like in every corner, there are people doing magic things like that close magic or table magic. Right. Or, yeah. It's, it's exactly right. Yeah. One time we well, went, yeah. You've lived in LA for a long time and you've never done either of those two things no. that you're going to do today. That, that's it. So that's, that's yeah. a good thing. I think. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, good I for me. I hope you make it back alive. Okay, <laughs> in one piece. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up, we still have Operation Sea Turtle. We want to thank our special satellite sisters on the spot, Adrian. Oh for my her. God, Adrian, bang up job. And then Liz has a special museum uh, she wants to feature. But first, we have to thank a couple of sponsors. Because <laughs> you're again, well, you're the, the classic, classic scholar. It's like Liquid Four. <laughs> What is that? No, it's IV, Leon. Liquid-IV.com, promo code SISTERS. Don't wait. Get hydrated today. And we'd also like to thank Nectar. This is the bed mattresses dream about. Okay? It's America's most comfortable mattress for a cloud-like experience. Liz, Nectar believes in love at first night. Okay? They want you to be comfortable from the first night you sleep on their mattress. Which I was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're going to give you 365 nights to discover that happily ever after. If you aren't 100% satisfied and happy and riding off into the sunset, uh, Nectar will come and pick up your mattress for free and you'll get a free refund. Now, Liz, it's 11 inches deep. Do you notice the unique five-layer technology when you sleep at night? Well, you can't tell that it's five layers, Leanne. But you know that the layer next to you is sort of conforming and super comfortable. It's firmer than what I was used to, which is better for me. So I'm really enjoying that. No, I really like it. And it's cool. (laughs) Just to go back to the, like, it's wicking, (laughs) cooling. We need that in our sleep. Whether it's your PJs or your mattress, it's it's all good. It's Liz's patented. Did you know that? This 11-inch five-layer technology It's patented. It's breathable, cooling, body contouring, medical grade, lush foam gel memory layer. That is so many words in one (laughs) sentence. Breathable. It just all means comfy, Leah. Breathable, cooling, body contouring, medical grade, lush foam gel memory. Comfy, comfy, comfy. There you go. All right. For the Satellite Sisters listeners, if you buy now, you can get $125 off and two free premium pillows with any mattress order and free delivery. Okay, that seems like a good deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. $125 off, two free premium pillows with any mattress order and free delivery. And here is the code, nectarsleep.com forward slash sisters. 
nectarsleep.com forward slash sisters. And nectar is spelled N-E-C-T-A-R, sleep. nectarsleep.com forward slash sisters and get the best sleep you've ever had for every night of the rest of your life and then some. And Thank- then some. Thanks, Nectar. Okay, well, speaking of things that are healthy and good for you, a good night's sleep is one thing. A little exercise, health and wellness is the other thing. You know, Operation Sea Turtle is our code name here at Satellite Sisters for just anything we're trying in the health and wellness realm. And last month, we started a weekly post every weekend in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. I post my own Operation Sea Turtle kind of recap slash results slash pep talk uh, report. And you can comment at your own. Everyone is sharing photos, their news of the week. So if you join the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, or if you're already a member, you can see all of that there. So this weekend, I posted my report. It was a a photo I I had taken. I was walking on the beach in Santa Monica. I'm lucky to live in Southern California. I try to always post kind of outdoorsy photos, enjoying, you know, what I'm doing. Uh, And I mentioned that I had had, you know, I'm juggling a lot of things in health and wellness. It's like, I know I need exercise and different kinds of exercise. You get your walking, your swimming, your weight-bearing exercise, all of that. Um, You know you need to eat well and and not eat too much, which also means and not drink too much. Right. (laughs) And so there's that. And then I've also been working on kind of a mindfulness practice, going to meditation. And I find like, so those three categories each have subsets and getting them all done in a week is really hard. So this was a week where I was like, I got to two meditation classes and I got some, um, I got some exercise in the gym, uh, the body sculpting class, but I never quite got to the pool. So, you know, I reported on that. It's hard to get everything in. And also a couple of nights. I, I like had... your honesty, Liz. I Thank mean, you. That's, that's what's good about the posts. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. not all, you know, it's not all easy, right? No. And the hard part for me last week, which is what I wrote in my post, Julie, is that I had had several like social evenings out with friends. And these were, in both cases, friends I hadn't seen in a while. So, you know, you get the glass of wine and then you have the nice dinner. And then like one of them, even though I had made the healthy choice with my friend David, we we went to a vegan restaurant. But, you know, vegans have desserts too, sisters. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I, I never order dessert. But David did. Good for him. You know, if he wants dessert. And then they always bring you the two spoons, right? Now everybody brings you the two spoons. So I ended up, and I confess this in my, not confessed, because it's not like I'm that guilty about it. But the facts are that I I, <laughs> I had a little wine and I had a little dessert. And mm, I would have been better off having neither of those two things. But that was just last week. So you can read that. You can post your own comments there. And my favorite thing that goes on in the Facebook group under Operation Sea Turtle is the pep talks you provide provide for each other. So people are commenting on other Satellite Sisters comments. So anyway, so here are a few. In my post, I said, I don't even like sweets. How did I have the dessert? And Marilyn said, you don't even like sweets? What? What language are you speaking here? And then she had a long chain of emojis of cakes and donuts and things. Apparently, Marilyn is a sweets person. Martha. That is true. Some people are really into sweets. Yeah. I would say the same thing. I don't ever have dessert. Yeah. I, I would I, never choose to have dessert. I think that's why I get mad at myself eating dessert, because I know I don't take that much pleasure out right. of it. I would always have, like, I'd rather have a bowl of pasta at the yeah, end of my I, meal <laughs> than a piece of cake for the same amount of calories. Or another glass of wine. Or right. another glass yeah. of wine. Yes. Uh, Julie, you'll appreciate this one from Martha based on what you said in your Urban Nano report. She, had, she went to yoga once, followed by assisted stretch which I want to know more about that because that sounds awesome. And one overnight with my two-year-old granddaughter, a workout in and of itself. So (laughs) that is true. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Susan said it was a tough week getting the workouts in. And I think we all know those weeks and sometimes you're just juggling too much. But she's trying to get back to running. My goal is to run again once I get my aging body to agree. I did the run one minute, walk five minutes yesterday. Got through almost four cycles before the pain. So good for you, Susan. Yeah, that's I just good. wanted to, because that's ambitious. I think about that too, and then I stop thinking about it. Um, <laughs> the Lisa 
posted a whole story about how she was outside sitting on a picnic bench, reading a book, like minding her own business. And this woman came up and kept trying to give her a book about a weight loss program and was like pestering her. And you can read the whole story. It's just, you know, it's just not right for people to just intrude on other people in that way. So, so Lisa, you know, stick to your guns. I'm glad you just, you know, you resisted. But what I like is the number of satellite sisters who posted comments, pep talks in support of Lisa right underneath her post about that. So that's the spirit of the satellite sisterhood. Um, Danette said she spent an hour layover at the Charlotte airport walking all the concourses to get her steps in. I do that. So we all know that's a really good thing to do. Sometimes it's hard hard to talk yourself into doing that. So Because you look like an idiot. You do. You know, you just keep going up and down the same concourse no. and you're well, dragging I your mean, bag. I like mall walkers. You yeah, just, you yeah just it's good. Go. Yeah. yeah, I know. I, I do it. I like it. And then one last note here. Karen, uh, when we were talking about level of activity, asked the question, does purchasing yoga pants and a top count? <laughs> yes, it does. In, in our book, in the Operation Sea Turtle World, that's a start. Like baby steps, Karen. Now that you have the right yoga pants and a top, I think the world is just open there for you. So thank you for everyone uh, who is participating in Operation Sea Turtle. I hope you're finding it as motivating as I have been. So now we had a special shout out, Leanne, to Adrian, Adrian, our satellite sister on the spot. I mean, she went to uh, Mrs. Bush's funeral, uh, First Lady Barbara Bush's funeral. She went to the repose. So she waited in line to walk in. She signed satellite sisters in the guest book, which was so I thoughtful know. of you. She made friends in line. That was great. I <laughs> love the photos. We got photos. The friends in line. And then she took a picture of the car. The, uh, we would call it a mass card. What would it be called? That's, I don't know. I don't know what it's called. In Texas, <laughs> Julie. <laughs> a prayer card. A prayer <laughs> card. Okay. Yeah, yeah a prayer yeah. card. Because I just that wasn't Catholic. So uh, a prayer card. She took a picture of the prayer card of Mrs. Bush. Uh, it was just a really lovely gesture, Adrian. Everything about it. She wore her pearls. She wore her blue <laughs> like she was supposed to. And she sounded like she had a wonderful time. And she represented us. So we thank you for that. Really, so, and from, really great. And from really deep gratitude from um, the First Lady's desk yes. here. Thank you very much, Adrian. Yeah. Okay. One last thing. As long as we're talking about travel and interesting places to go, this jumped out to me in today's New York Times. Um, here's the headline. Um, Museums celebrate the dogs that love us. And now, Leah and I know last weekend, this past weekend at the LA Times Festival of Books, yes. uh, you came and you were a fantastic guest on the live taping we did for my other podcast, which is called Safe for Work. Yes. And you were talking to my co-host, Matt Ritter, giving him like five tips about working with me, right? Right. I had to give five pieces of advice in five minutes. And he wanted to know, you know, some tactics, some strategies for working with Liz. Mm -hmm. And one, I said, you have a soft spot in your heart for dogs. Uh So if you're on a rant during a production meeting, just distract her. Just ask... (laughs) Squirrel. Ask about Squirrel. Hooper. <laughs> Throw her off. Throw her off. <laughs> Julie, I understand you also helped Leanne work up some of her material. The number one tip was monitor my coffee intake. Your caffeine, it, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, that's when the fast talking starts. I mean, it's all high content fast talking. But yes, you really do ramp up after a couple of cup, cups of Java. So uh, that's another good tip. As I was driving to work today, I was listening to The Daily, you know, the the wonderful uh, New York Times uh, news podcast, and I was thinking, Michael Barbaro should be my new, um, like, role model for this. Because here's how he talks. He says, today is Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) You know how he does that? He just, yeah, he talks very slowly and thoughtfully. And here's another thing he does. When a guest or one of the New York Times journalists says something really fascinating, instead of saying, you know, what we might say, like, oh, my God, that's fascinating. Wow, that's amazing. He just does this. Hmm. (laughs) It's true. That is true. So that's kind of the other end of the spectrum from me with too much coffee. Yeah, I think we want to ramp it up. You you know, (laughs) I think you definitely a a cup of coffee, Liz. Uh, Go at that speed. Uh, Okay. Anyway, so today's uh, New, New York. Okay, Jill, she's cutting you off there. Moving on. Okay. Uh.
Museums celebrate the dogs that love us. If you're putting together your summer travel plans uh, right now, here are a few you might want to consider. Leon, it's a shame you're only going to Italy and France because if you were going to Germany, I would say the Dockel Museum opened this month in Passau, Germany. It's a gallery of dachshund memorabilia. Oh, dachshund memorabilia uh. with a collection of more than 4,500 paintings, books, statues, and porcelain wares devoted to Bavaria's celebrated wiener dog. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Now, there was one top tip about that one. One object of note, Waldi, the first official Olympic mascot. I know how you love the Olympics. Yeah. And I know how you love mascots. Uh, he was created for the 72 Olympic Games in Munich. It's a plush toy. There's, he's a dachshund. Oh. He's there in the Dachshund Museum. Oh, that or, was the, the first Dachshund mascot. Museum. That is yeah. of interest to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Noting then, that down. So if, if dachshund memorabilia is your thing, there you go. You have to get to Germany. But you might want to know if you're like ever in New York City, the American Kennel Club has a museum of the dog which is currently in Missouri. It's in suburban St. Louis, but it is moving to midtown Manhattan. So the Museum of the Dog is something you can look forward to. It has more than 700 works of art, painting, sculpture, porcelain figures, blah, blah, blah. I predict that's going to be very successful. Yes. Very Yeah. And then one last one that I'll mention, um, because it allows something that most of these other museums do not, Petting Sisters. This is the place where you can go and pet the dogs. And that is the Musée Etienne de Saint Bernard, which you can probably oh. guess is Saint Bernard's. And it's in Wouldn't Switzerland. Wouldn't it be Saint Bernard? Saint Bernard. <laughs> it's, it's a museum honoring the Saint Bernard in Matigny, Switzerland. Uh, so that's a... Um, that's in the Great San Bernard Pass in the in the Alps. So not only do they have your normal, you know, collectibles related to um, the uh, the Saint Bernard, but it says the main attraction might be the dogs themselves, which can be petted and observed in their kennels. But oh. if you just want to go pet a whole bunch yeah. of Saint Bernards, you might be passing through the Alps. Yeah. Just you know, just put it on your possible list as you're planning your summer travel. Yeah, you could also just go to the dog pound. It's not a dog museum, but you could go to a dog pound and pet dogs. But St. Bernard's, (laughs) Leanne, you're not going to find a lot of St. Bernard's. It seems very authentic in the Swiss Alps, too, Mm Leanne. I like that. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the new Bernadoodles? Have you seen these dogs? I I see them. I see these things on Instagram. I can't believe how cute they are. It's like a whole thing now. Have you seen them, Jewel? No, but I'll, I've been uh, just focused on uh, babies. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're pretty cute. Uh, okay, so that'll wrap it up for today. today there you go. Right. Uh, we would Sheep like to. Nuts. Oh, yeah. we want to thank our engineer, Misha Stanton. Hey, Misha, how you doing in there? Um, and what else do we have that we want to remind people of? Hmm. Oh, you know what? We're on all kinds of platforms. So I'm curious if you're listening to us on Spotify or if you've tried NPR One. That is really good to for us to know how that's working for you. So search for us on all kinds of podcast apps and let us know how it works for you. That would be great. So NPR One. We're getting a lot of answers from people who are trying us on Spotify which I enjoy because it seems, it seems kind of cool, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Jill, you stay and put this week. You're going to be in Dallas. Don't, not going I, I, anywhere. My bag is always packed, Liam. That's the way <laughs> Urban Nana rolls. If, if I'm needed, I, my go bag is ready to go. But uh, yes, that's my plans to be in Dallas. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.